Welcome everyone. This is Jared with the Halt Resume Podcast. I'm here with a veteran trader of 12 years, off and on, and one of the people with the messiest charts I have ever seen in my life, including Fibonacci, trend line, support resistance, VWAP, 90MA, everything in the world you can think of feels like it's on this chart. I get trades. How's it going? It's going great, man. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. Second episode. This will be up probably, I want to say around the 29th end of, the, of August. So end of this month, early next month. Very exciting. Very exciting. And then um, goals to have you back once you hit a million dollars casually. Absolutely. Perfect. That's what I want to hear. So uh, let's get a little background of who you are, what got you into trading, any promotions or anything you want to go for. We can also have promotions at the end of this. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, like like uh, you said, you know, I get trades.com is, is is what I go by on social media and also my website. Um, name is Mark is, is what I go by in person. And I've uh, been trading since 2008. Uh, you know, that was the first, you know, market crash where I was old enough to realize what was going on. <laughs> so I, I told myself, you know, that that would be a good time. I saw prices dropping, started doing some research. And, you know, it really got me excited. I uh, started off with gold. Um, and mainly day trading gold and, and some long-term investments as well at the time when, when prices went down, but it didn't take full advantage. So ever since then, just been, you know, learning, um, teaching myself mostly and learning from others as well, you know, online and offline. And uh, now I've been doing it for quite some time. So not just day trading gold, you know, mainly small caps and uh, having a good time doing it, you know, trying to make money, pay the bills and, and have some fun all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Little little background about you that I know. Um, so you own a business. Yeah, yeah. And, I have a uh, health insurance agency. Yep. So I would say, in a sense, financially free. You are your own boss. Absolutely. While you do have, you know, your responsibilities with the business, the goal for at least this podcast, in my mind, is to um, help people get a little understanding or maybe a light bulb in their head about being financially free. I think it's something that isn't taught enough for younger generations to do. I agree. Yeah, not in school or, or in many places. And, you know, um, I'm one that, that never finished high school, didn't go to college. I had a child at a very young age. I had I had my first kid when I had just turned 16. Um, so, you know, when I look back at, at the kids I have now and they're, you know, just around that age and, and I think about that, <laughs> you know, it's a pretty big deal. And at the time, you know, I knew it was, but it taught me a lot, you know, and because of that, and having to, you know, take care of a child from a very young age and having to get out there and grind. You know, I did everything from construction jobs and crawling in attics, doing air conditioning to, you know, telemarketing and working my way up the ladder in, in many businesses. So, you know, adversity, I think, is um, something that that was healthy for me. You know, all, all those responsibilities, all those trials and tribulations made me stronger, made me want to go out there and work hard and through that you know i met a lot of people that were willing to help me along the way and teach me a lot of things and because of that you know i ended up being real good at, at sales and, and talking to people over the phone and and work my way up the ladder and eventually you know got the courage to say you know what it's time to do this on my own so i uh, went out and you know started saving money from from the jobs that, that i was working and eventually got enough to start my own insurance agency. And, uh, you know, it wasn't easy, just like with anything, you know, growing pains, you make a lot of mistakes. Um, but yeah, like you said, I, I, I don't depend on anybody other than myself. And uh, every day I wake up choosing to do what I do. 
Uh, and, and because of that, it also allows me to do what I really enjoy, which is day trading. You know, uh, at this point, the, the insurance agency, you know, I still am very hands-on every day doing morning meetings with my staff, controlling the marketing side of things and, and hiring and firing as, you know, any owner has to do. Um, but when, when all that stuff is pretty calm, which this year, especially the last three months has been because of the, you know, COVID and the pandemic, uh, I've been able to, you know, take advantage of that free time or, or, you know, having less responsibilities with the business to, to do what I really love to do, which is, you know, look at stocks and, and make some money while I do. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's, that's something that's at least for me, a little scary. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of taking that risk of, uh, starting my own business while I do think there's, you know, many, many actually where I live, many opportunities to start a business around here. Um, that's just a risk I'm not really willing to take. Um, but that's, you know, extremely respectable that you worked your way up, learned, learned all those things, you know, like you said, construction to calling people, I assume cold calls with telemarketing. So, Oh yeah, it was rough, man. We were, we were calling people, you know, three hours away from Atlantic city, New Jersey, trying to convince them to come down on a 90 minute timeshare tour that really kept them there for three hours for, you know, just vouchers and things that they probably wouldn't use. And, and we would just call these people out of the blue. So it was tough, you know, making 300 phone calls a day to maybe talk to two people that would maybe want to talk to you. But it was a great place to start. And coming from construction, I was grateful for that because <laughs> that's all I wanted to do. I just didn't want to work outside anymore. <laughs> so I just, you know, jumped online and said, you know, what, what can I find that's in an office? And as some people may already know, you know, telemarketing isn't always the kind of job that asks for all your credentials or diplomas or degrees, depending on what it is. Um, but it was a great starting point for me, man. I, I honestly feel that it was a very strong foundation for me to start in a place like that. And again, you know, I had some good mentors and teachers that, that taught me a lot about business and, and sales, things you don't necessarily learn in either regular school and sometimes even college. Um, and, and from there, it just, you know, was my motivation and my hard work that, that helped me get even further. And, and now I support a family, have four kids, you know, wife, um, mortgage and all the bills you don't want to have, but I have them and I'm able to pay them. And, and I'm very grateful that, that I can, man. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, uh, you know, the whole reason started the podcast is to hopefully at least, you know, help somebody figure out how they want to be, uh, financially free. Cause I think that's, uh. At least that's my goal in life is I don't really want to have to work if I don't want to. So, Absolutely. or if I do, I want to do, you know, the thing I'm most addicted to. Of course. Like trading, trading in the right? market is, <laughs> yep. <laughs> whether I like it or not, it's the, uh, I, I told somebody today, I think it's um, more addicting than gambling. It definitely can be, man. It definitely, I mean, look, look at what happened here. You know, it was all over uh, the news when this pandemic first hit. That's what they were claiming, that a lot of these runs and Robin Hooders were people that used to be on things, you know, all these gambling sites. And because there was no sports going on, that they all moved to the market. <laughs> well, uh, my one of my favorite people online, um, Dave Portnoy, head of Barstool Sports. <laughs> of course. I'd love to get him on this. Oh, maybe would, one day that would be great <laughs> um but went from you know sports gambling to opening an e-trade account yeah and he had i, I want to say like a three million dollar or so account yeah roughly either two or three million i think he started with and just went in all in with all the airlines all the cruise ships and, and, and <laughs> everything that others but, weren't doing <laughs> 
Like just just starting an account though. Yeah. With that size. And and, and don't get me wrong, I mean, you know, Penn Gaming bought them out. They're Barstool's fine. He's going to be fine whether he wins or loses that. Yeah. He even said it. That's his ga- that's his uh sports betting money. Yeah, I think the deal was I don't know, I could be wrong, but I thought the deal was somewhere around like the 30 mil mark or something like that or so I think he's okay. Yeah, I I I would assume so. For sure. Don't get me wrong. So, but he started the account like and everybody that followed him was going to follow suit. Yeah. And everybody who was like, "Oh, well, what's something that it can give me that adrenaline adrenaline rush, that quick dopamine fix. Small caps in the stock market do that. I mean, oh yeah, they give you that rush or that anxiety or that stress. Yeah. I we I were talking about it uh, earlier. Was it CA CVAC? Yeah, CVAC that had the IPO today. Thing IPO'd and hit, you know, was expected to be if what you said sixteen dollar IPO. Yeah, they priced it in between fourteen and sixteen. Opened, I think, at 44, dropped to 36. And as we looked at it here, uh, we were right around the 63.99 peak uh, in after I mean, hours today. Insane. You want to talk about a, an adrenaline rush? That is, I, I mean, you you do, you don't even have to nail the bottom of that. You can almost chase it up into the 45s. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you're still going to make money on it. So, yeah. And unfortunately um, for me, on Fridays, I normally close up shop at one o'clock. It's just something that I've always done. It's one o'clock to on be Friday. Fair, <laughs> but today would Fridays are known. Yeah. I mean, Fridays are known as the selling day. Of course. No one, you know, people get scared to hold something over the weekend in case some news comes out. So they sell yeah. it off. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I don't hold anything over the weekend. I mean, shoot. I mean, uh, because of my strategy, I don't really even hold stuff overnight during the week. Personally, I know there's a lot of people that do nothing wrong with that, of course. Uh, but yeah, that, that's a lot of the reason, you know, and also talking to um, some people in the financial industry, whether they're bankers or investors or financial advisors, uh, talking to a lot of them, they even said, you know, Friday's the day we, we normally dump a lot of our stuff, start fresh on Monday. And most people are out of the market by 11 a.m., 1 p.m. Eastern, um, yep. which a lot of them have told me. So based on my personal experiences trading Fridays, which have been more downs or, or more reds than greens, combined with that feedback from all these people in financial industries, I've kind of decided to just make Friday at 1 o'clock my uh, – <laughs> my my time to clock out and coincidentally that's when when we close the business for insurance on fridays as well so it, uh, you oh, know friday at one o'clock is my go home day week. yeah i i enjoy friday afternoons <laughs> i i mean that's uh we'll say a good 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 idea in my mind i mean it's definitely you know they do unload things on fridays a lot of people don't like holding over the weekend so yeah you know, taking that uh, percentage or how how profitable you are on Fridays, and realizing it may not be as good as your like Monday or Tuesdays, and being like, okay, well, maybe it's not something to do for a little while. Like, let's let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's, uh, you know, with my trading journal and just tracking all that kind of stuff, uh, Fridays aren't. I have good Fridays, but just not as good as other days. So for me personally, that's that's why I do that. I mean, today was a good Friday, it seemed like. Yeah, I'm very happy with today. Very, very nice way to end the week. Definitely uh, got got more than I normally would on a Friday. So no complaints here. Has struck a lot of good trades. Only had one or two losses. Only one was what I would consider big. Um, so, so, yeah, definitely a positive day. Actually, I think it was my second best day of the week today. So I'll take this Friday all the time. <laughs> I mean, you made money. I think that's a... Uh... 
if any any relatively experienced trader can say uh your goal in trading is not to make money it's to protect your capital not lose money so absolutely you know what so even days where it may just be 100 bucks that i make when i when i hear other people losing 80 i'm, I'm very grateful that i even made 100 you know yeah so, you're you're profitable you're in the green absolutely so i want to go into um i guess what i would call you you know relatively known for um i think it might be your biggest youtube video uh it's your probably your favorite strategy that i've ever seen from you the um VWAP 90 EMA cross or the 90 EMA crosses above the VWAP. Uh, what got you into noticing things like that to happen and, and focusing in on certain strategies? Um, you know, on the most part, it was just watching a lot of price action and, and, and studying charts. And because I was already actually using VWAP and the nine day exponential moving average, you know, just from doing my research and watching YouTube videos, watching social media accounts. I never thought there would be a correlation in between the two personally when I first started using them. Um, I was just kind of looking at them for, you know, movements and price action. But as I was watching charts and actually it was when I would go back and look at charts, um, I never actually noticed it when it would happen in real time. But when I would go back and look at charts, I would always try and find things around the, the areas that they spike, right? And for, for obvious reasons, volume was always a big one, right? You're looking at a chart, and if you're looking at your volume right below or wherever you have that on your charts, you could see, okay, right before this, char this chart started running or dropping, you see a nice big trend or spike in, in volume candles or however you look at your volume. But then I started noticing you know, on my charts that this was a quite a, a reference point for when things really started to move and maybe not exactly at that moment, sometimes not too long after, maybe five, 10 minutes after the crossover would take place. So as I was looking at charts, I would notice that as soon as the nine day exponential moving average would cross over the, the main VWAP, um, we would get nice runs and it would show a very bullish chart. And again, sometimes it would happen immediately right out of the crossover, or sometimes it would be like a little small fake out, go up a little bit, bounce, maybe right at the VWAP, maybe just a little bit below, and then just take off. Um, so as I started to notice that over and over and over on multiple charts, I started to try and pay even more attention to it in real time as, as the charts were moving. And using that strategy i was able to you know because again I, I i normally scalp i'm not in for very long i've been doing better with staying in positions a little longer recently um but i mean i have trades that literally were five seconds at times you know and hundreds of dollars yeah. in five seconds or even in some cases over a thousand in, in less than 30 seconds um so you know i get in and out of my positions usually very quick um but but yeah and because of that when this crossover would take place, it, it was a very bullish signal. And that's what kind of, you know, I don't want to say I stumbled on it by by accident, but I was always trying, you know, all of us traders are always trying to find that secret formula, that secret recipe that's just going to give us wins 100% of the time. <laughs> this doesn't do that, of course, but I, I definitely started to have a lot more success as I started to pay attention to it. And then as I did some scouring and research online and looking for scripts, I, I noticed there wasn't a lot on YouTube. 
maybe one video I found, I believe, but it was in a completely different language. I don't even know what language it was in. Oh, geez. about that similar strategy. And then on, on one of the websites where you could get uh, scripts for, for, for TOS or Thinkorswim, there was a setup that somebody had done something with the five-day EMA crossing over the VWAP. But I was using the nine. I felt like it was, for me, a, a better place because it was a little bit more strict and correlated with the movement better. Um, so I, I got the script. I adjusted it for the nine-day exponential moving average and something that I pay attention to every day now. Yeah, I mean, it's something that it, it is on my charts uh, cool. for Thinkorswim. It is you know one of the, I think, better um, better indicators I actually do use. So I heavily do include um VWAP in my trades. I base it as resistance or support. So if I'm buying under, I want to sell into into VWAP and if it goes above I can reposition. Right. Uh if I'm you know if it's above it or I see consolidating like you said, say it's flagging and it's you know flagging add VWAP and I have the nine day EMA above it, it is something that I'm the moment volume's there, I'm looking to be in it or to buy risking slightly under VWAP. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it was that, you know, just like I say in, in the YouTube video that I have in regards to the VWAP crossover, you, you don't want to use it alone, obviously. But when you combine that crossover with volume coming in, the candles opening up above the nine day exponential moving average. I mean, you have some some serious price action take place when, when that happens. And it's quite consistent, in my opinion, especially if you look for those four factors or three factors, you know, the, the crossover, the nine EMA crossing over the VWAP. And then you see volume coming in and then the candles are, are opening up above the nine day exponential moving average, either right above or way above. I mean, that's yeah. very bullish and, and you could be in for quite a ride when that happens. Um, and so another thing that I actually didn't even get to, we'll say warn you about before this, but um, it's another one of your videos. And it's something that uh, I think when I first, you know, joined and, and got to know you a little bit, I was, I was using it a lot more than I thought I would. It's actually your uh, your volume alert. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that, if you can go go in a little detail about that, because I'm curious on that aspect. That well, believe it or not, you talk about my charts and how they're crazy, right? Well, when I yep. first started, it, I was really just only using volume <laughs> as my indicator because I would have a strategy for picking my stocks. So I would have my pre-market scanner, which had all the you know all the gappers from overnight and stuff like that. Your typical pre-market scanner looking at prices in between, I don't know, 50 cents to 15 or 20 bucks yeah. um, and just sorting you know the, the percentage uh, of net change or, or market percent change uh, in pre-market. And I would look into each one of those stocks starting at the top of the list to see which ones had low float, typically under 50 mil, um, and that had same-day news, a catalyst that was going to make it run. And as long as I had those factors, all I had to do was wait for volume. And the second volume would come in, I'd get my entry, and I'd do a quick scalp, and I'd be out, and I made my money. And my strategy when I first started kind of adjusting and working on it this year, when I started heavily day trading again, once, you know, the pandemic kicked in and, and we all had a little bit more free time or other things to do or try to find ways to make more money. Um, that's all I was doing. Granted, we've added a lot more now, as you already know, you know, the VWAP, the 9 AMA, <laughs> uh, you know, pre-market high and low <laughs> Fibonacci levels, trend lines, you know, five or 10 trend lines, you know, all kinds of madness. But I was strictly using volume as as my indicator um at that time and 
I was scouring the internet, going over YouTube, looking for a way to have alerts for when volume came in because I look at it as, you know, traders. When volume's coming in, traders are coming in. And just like at a party, if if the room is empty, if the house is empty, you're not going to have a lot of fun if there's only two or three people there. That's true. That's very true. You know? So I always looked at volume as like, okay, the party is really starting to happen now. People are coming. We got a crowd. Things are really going to get grooving and, and, and bumping and everybody's going to start having fun, you know, and I kind of looked at the stock movement in that same way. So after doing a lot of research, I actually just went directly through TD Ameritrade's, you know, FAQs and their little info section and found that, you know, through, uh, you know, some of their tools. You, now, unfortunately, you have to go and do it specifically for what stock you have to do it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was able to just set volume alerts. So I started kind of looking at the average volume of what it would look like after the first five or 10 minutes of the trading day. Cause as we all know, volume is always high in the first five minutes of, of opening bell. You know, everybody's pushing the button, whether it's buying or selling. Um, but once it would calm down, I would try and kind of get an average of, of what the per minute volume would be on a stock after the, the opening bell rush. And I would just set my alerts, uh, you know, above that average, which would tell me, okay, people are moving into this, you know, and usually, you know, it's like a herd, the, the rest of the herd will follow. And when those alerts would go off, it would let me know to watch the stock. And not too long after you, you see a nice run or a sell off. Yeah. But, but in most cases, because again, I was picking stocks that had already gapped up, they had news catalysts, they had low float, all it really took was volume to come in for these things to move up, whether it's 20 cents, 50 cents, a dollar, $20, if it was a nice pump, you know? <laughs> uh, and, okay, so you, you said the magic word there, said pump. Um, <laughs> so I wanna go over um, a little bit about, nobody in particular, because there have been a lar large amount of actually, it's happening recently, but um, people streaming um, the stock market, not in live real time, but, with maybe a 10 second delay or so. I think that's um, something that's only come out in this market. And it's, uh, we'll say something that has heavily affected the small cap market. No question. So if you have any opinions, want to, want to do talk about this, we can go ahead and go for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if, if I'm being completely transparent and honest at first, I despised it. Like I was frustrated. Agreed. With <laughs> because the strategy I was just telling you about completely failed when all that started happening, because most people would do a lot of the same, you know, look at the pre-market scanner, look what's gapped up overnight, look for anything that had low flow and a catalyst. And you could normally, you know, get your entry and exit and have a good day. Right. But when you started having all these streams taking place and all these pumps going on, all the volume that would normally flow into these small cap, low float news catalyst stocks would not show up. Like the party never happened. And I started seeing these trends and I would realize, oh my gosh, all these stocks that I've personally always stayed away from, because if you get stuck in a pump and you, you end up getting stuck on the backside of that in the actual dump, I mean, you can yeah. blow your account real quick, easily. Cause we're not talking about a small gradual sell off, right? On a pump. No, you're talking like dumping a, a few hundred thousand. I mean, it shares. literally goes, you know, a few dollars down on one candle in seconds and, and you're stuck. You're done. So so yeah, at first I was very frustrated with it. It was it was making me I you know, I guess in a selfish way, I was thinking like, 
why do you, why are you trying to make me have to redo my strategy? <laughs> but okay, then. anybody that, that knows the market and, and is looking to be a successful trader knows that it's not about the market adjusting to you. It's, it's you adjusting to the market. So, um, you know, just like when you don't, you don't want to swim against the current or a tide, you normally swim, you know, along with it. So you don't drown. That's what needed to happen. You know, I needed to, to readjust. I needed to see what was going on. Um, because, uh, th there's something to be done there with those pumps. Now, again, you know, not a huge fan. Are they intentional in some cases? Are they not, you know, I'm not here to judge that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been pretty crazy. And, and I think a lot of the, the old timers or people that, that trade with just strictly fundamentals or, or, or even technicals or both uh, probably felt the same way because a lot of people at first, and if they were stubborn enough like me, wanted to go against that or just not even jump in on the action, they probably either lost money or didn't make as much money as they could have with, with those opportunities. No, I mean, you know, I was, I was on the boat with you of not being a fan of it initially, of course. <laughs> um, and then over time, like you said, and I think that's actually almost the quote I want to use for this episode is, um, the market doesn't adjust to you, but you have to adjust to market conditions. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, that, I that might be, <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, like I said, I think that's probably the quote of the episode. If anything, that's, um, it's literally a perfect definition of what happened for 2020 with the crash happening and you know you have warren buffett selling the airlines at the bottom mm -hmm. and then you have people like dave portnoy who are literally buying the airlines at the bottom yeah and, and i actually did have... the exact same thing there were a lot of people in you know many discord channels and and on twitter you know posting the news that buffett was selling everything and and i was doing the opposite like i, I was i was holding on to airlines that i actually already had at the time and picking up a few more you know um because I, I have my own thoughts on that, too. When these big guys like that, these big names say things like that, you know, in the past and in history, you know, big time traders like that or investors have been known to do that just so they could buy in at a lower price and pick up more themselves. So for me personally, and I know people probably have their own opinions on it for sure. Um, for me, when you have big names, whether it's Goldman, Goldman Sachs, you know, um, Warren Buffett saying, I'm getting rid of all this. Typically, I, I do the opposite um, because in, in, in a sense, it's another form of pump and dump. It's another form of manipulating markets. You know, these these are big names. These are, are people that really move markets. Um, yeah. So when they, they make a comment like that, if everybody's going to start selling, then I, I hear flash sale, you know, or clearance. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a good, good point. I mean, I, while I didn't bottom tick anything by any standards, I mean, 200 shares of Boeing with an average price of $95 and 50 some cents. I mean, it's Boeing. So it's a good place to be. Yeah. It's a good spot. <laughs> yeah. And, and you adding airlines, I mean, the, what, there's only one airline that's like almost expected to go out of business with American. Yeah, that's the and, one I stayed away from personally, just because they had a huge debt that they were holding on to even before Corona came around. Now, granted, yeah, the airlines are being bailed out, but I think they were already in some trouble, regardless of whether Corona was coming or not. But that's exactly what I did. I mean, it, it was a no-brainer for me. You know, I, I looked at you know the airlines that had some pretty strong balance sheets, and for me, that was mainly Alaska and Delta. Um, so I grabbed that and I said, you know. Planes are not disappearing off the face of the earth. 
no matter no, what happens. Um, once COVID's and, over, exactly. airlines are coming back. So. Exactly. And for me, that was different for cruises because for me, cruises are fully leisure. They're fully luxury. They're fully vacation, fully relaxing, you know, where airlines are not used just for that purpose. Yes, that's a big part of it, but people use airlines for business and, and for many other things. You know, Boeing is another good example of not just, you know, making airplanes for travel, but they have a lot of government and military contracts as well. Um, so, you know, I mean, the rest is history. There's no question these things are, are coming back up. They have come back up and they're going to continue to get back up and, and there's a lot more room for them to run. So in my opinion, it's still not even too late to pick up more or pick some up if, if you haven't already. But that's just my opinion, obviously, not a, a, a buy recommendation. <laughs> we are we are not financial advisors. Exactly, exactly. Just to put that out there, please don't sue if you, uh, if you, if you go and buy. I, I, I'm not recommending anything. I'm just saying what happened with me. Exactly. And just speaking for myself, that's, that's what I have done, and that's what I plan on doing for me personally. And I, I mean, I agree. And I think uh, when we first talked about even doing the podcast, you said um, – if 2008 or something like that ever happened again, you don't want to miss out. Mm -hmm. That's exactly and right. 2020 happened and you did not miss out. Oh, this is, this is my 2008 over again. It's just not housing this time um, or as much, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I remember because it, it, AIG was the stock for me at the time where I learned a big lesson. I think before the crash, it was in the nineties or even over a hundred and AIG, for anybody that was around at that time in 2008, was one of the biggest names being thrown out there and and really dragged through the mud. You know, um, you know, too big to fail and all those sayings. AIG was like number one target for for people that were upset that the government was bailing out. You know, these big companies. But AIG is or was at least one one of the biggest insurers in the world, um, and their stock dropped to a dollar ninety nine, two dollars, three dollars. And I picked it up. I, I picked up like a hundred, and it was it was one of the first stocks I ever bought back in two thousand eight. And I let it go like a month later. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I did. And you know, you you could look up AIG now, and and I think it's even been higher than where it's at now because of of the times that we're in. But let's just say I regretted letting it go so quick, and and that was a big learning lesson for me. And and I told myself if this ever happened again and I was not only in a, a better financial position, but I had the ability to, to purchase many forms of AIG. In other words, big names that took a huge hit that I knew eventually were going to be back because of who they are and what they did. There was no way I was going to let that opportunity pass by. And so I've grabbed a little bit of everything this time around. You know, I would say I'm pretty well diversified on that on that front. And, and I didn't miss the opportunity this time around. Just wish I had more money to throw in, <laughs> but other than that, I'm I'm happy with the with the choices and that I was ready for it. I'm gonna say I think everybody wish they had more money to throw in if they're in the market, but yeah, just put it all into a, a few of these big names and and you could get an easy 50, 90, 150 percent oh. return. <laughs> okay, we'll speak about one of the big names that uh, I know you're in, and one of the big names that is in the news this week for a split that's about to happen: Tesla. Yeah. So you you got in what right before the madness happened is what I'll call it. Um, I got in. Yeah, I I think my buy price was around seven twenty four. So a little bit after, I think uh, I, I'm you know I wish I would have gotten in the three or four hundreds because that wasn't that long ago from the seven twenty four. Yeah, <laughs> I you're think telling me I was swing trading in the three hundreds. 
Um, but we're, where are we at right now? 1647, I think right now currently. So I'm not upset. Um, you know, looking at, at my numbers here, I, I'm at 127.4% return on my Tesla. And uh, <laughs> casual 100%. Yeah, casual 127. <laughs> um, and that's my second best, you know. Um, so I'm happy. My, my number one is at 153%, and that's car, um, which is uh, Avis, uh, the rental company. Yep. And uh, I got them at, at the 1231 mark, and they're at 3123 as we speak. So we're going to speak about um, – it's going to be market conditions all over, of course. But um, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the craziness that has happened in 2020 with uh, – I'm going to bring it up specifically, Hertz. So a competitor to Avis, of course. Mm -hmm. um, a company that has go officially gone bankrupt. I mean, they filed for bankruptcy. And, you know, after filing for bankruptcy in 2020, apparently your stock can bounce up to 20 or $12 yeah. <laughs> after hitting $3 low. Um, I think that just shows the amount of people in the market. And with how you're trading and, you know, being a long bias trader, I think all this is going to help you specifically as a long bias trader. Um, but just how, how do you feel about the 2020 market overall, since you've been, you know, 12 years in here, you've seen, you know, a general climb in the S and P 500, the Dow and so on. But to me, this market's unpredictable. It's unprecedented and thoughts and opinions. Yeah, completely. It's, it is unpredictable. It's, it's very different. Um, I mean, I think the, 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 the good thing about all this is that it puts a lot of us on a very level playing field. And I think some, some big people may not like that, honestly, um, or people that have been doing this for a long time, you know, just watching the news over the weeks where that was going on with Hertz, you, you heard a lot of this mainstream media, you know, uh, talking a lot of nonsense about, you know, retail traders, Robin Hooders, uh, pumpers, um, you know, gamblers, and, and they were just, you know, talking a lot of trash in the news. And, and to me, that kind of shows a, a frustration on, on their part, because, you know, they've had a, a certain way of doing things, of, of reading the market and understanding the market, and all that went out the window. But, you know, yeah. I don't think, I mean, obviously, we've had pandemics in the past, but trading is, is very different, I feel, than how it was when these other pandemics took place. I mean, this is when everybody was trading on the floor. You didn't have high frequency trading. You didn't have this many retail traders where all you need is a laptop and a good Wi-Fi connection and you could be a millionaire. Um, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole different thing. Um, and then you include, you know, it, whether it's true or not, a lot of gamblers getting into the market, um, people using their stimulus checks on, on Robinhood or on other yeah. platforms um, to try and make some money because they had no job or the unemployment didn't come through quick enough or they did, weren't getting it at all. Um, they were worried about what would come next. And, you know, a lot of people um, made some good money on, on those decisions. But unfortunately, a lot of people lost. Uh, and, and there's some, there's been some pretty sad and, and bad stories as well. You know, there's two sides to it. Um, when, the, where there's a winner, there's a loser, you know, and, and vice versa. So, but yeah, it has been chaotic. Uh, I know we talked about in the past, um, you know, with, with some of these indexes hitting, you know, record highs, um, you know, especially in the small cap, uh, area. Uh, I think that 
it has a lot to do with with the type of people that have been trading and how they've been trading uh, and, and bringing in especially a lot of young traders. You know, there's a lot of younger traders, which I think is great. You know, you and I were talking about that as well. You know, if, if I could have started learning about investing and trading at 16 years old, I think we'd be having a completely different conversation. Or maybe we wouldn't be having a conversation. I don't know. <laughs> probably wouldn't have a conversation. <laughs> probably just be casually a few millionaires. <laughs> but, um, and, and, you know, that's something that with my kids, I, I really try and, you know, I obviously want them to do what makes them happy and, and follow the, the career path that, that they want to do. I, I'm not the type of, of parent that forces my children to say, hey, you have to do this when you grow, grow up because I, I, I want them to be happy with what they do or just learn their own way because that's what worked for me. And like I said, the adversity was healthy for me even though at the time I didn't know it. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's something that I try and teach them about so they could get into it. I mean, for their birthday, I actually told them that the, for part of their birthday gift that as long as it was under a hundred bucks, I would buy them whatever stock they would want me to as, and they would just leave it there until they were 18, you know, and they just turned 13 years old. So, you know, they have five years. Um, one of them said Apple and I said, no, under a hundred dollars, <laughs> but it was a good I, pick. He'd, he'd be up probably 50% right now. So they're learning. I was going to say, I should have waited a little, let the split <laughs> happen and see where the price goes. Yeah, seriously. So, but it's, it's definitely been a chaotic market, and there's a lot of different factors. Um, for me, keeping it simple is always the best tool. Less is more is something that I say a lot when it comes to trading. You wouldn't know that by looking at my charts. I'm going to say, um, say it, don't show it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I really have found that when, when you scale everything back, especially let's say I'm having a slump or you know I'm just not being as consistent as I would like. Usually I just go back to square one because I do the same thing in my business. You know, we do sales, you know, um, and, and we sell insurance. And and sometimes with some of my agents, they just start doing too much and it overwhelms the client. It's too much information. And, and what we always say is let's take it back to day one. Let's go back to just, you know, reading a script word by word, um, keeping it simple. Don't add all this extra fluff or fireworks to what you do. And it actually helps recalibrate them. And typically within the same day, they're, they're back on track. And uh, that's why I say less is more. You know, if I got my charts looking way too crazy and, and I start failing at the setups and, and things start going the wrong way, I clear everything off my chart and I just start from square one and I go back and, and just look at, you know, a list of things that I have where I, where I like to approach it. And uh, typically that helps me get back on track, just keeping it simple. Yeah, no, I mean... Uh, it's something I write down in my rules now is uh, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Long and um, I, I think that's been one of the things that has uh, changed me from when I was only making, say, $250, which don't get me wrong, that's I'm making money in the market, um, mm. to to growing to where I'm now. I, I, I can comfortably make that. And um, I think that's the big change. And actually, you're the one who got to help me with that. Um, whether you know it or not. Um... <laughs> I mean, I'm glad, man. That's, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in what goes around comes around, you know. So if, if I was able to help you, you know, either directly or indirectly, then I'm totally happy to hear it, man. You know, um, as traders, there's I mean, there's so much to go around, you know, and it's not like when I win, I'm taking away from your winning. It's not one of those types of setups or businesses or, or industries, yeah. I guess you could say. And that's what I, I also like about trading. I mean. 
my wife even talks about it. You know, I talk to people in New Zealand, Australia, Hawaii, yeah. you know, like places I've never been or even knew that they even traded American markets. Um, you know, and, and, and I've met wonderful people, um, you know, we're doing this podcast, um, and it's opened up other opportunities. You know, um, I had somebody send me free headphones just because I, I helped them out with some charts and I didn't ask for it, man, you know, so what goes around comes around. And, and because again, like I said, when it comes to trading, there's plenty to go around for everybody. There's no reason why we can't all help each other out and just put the information out there. Or, yeah. I do charge from for some services, you know, here and there, cause I got bills to pay. I have a family. I take time away from other things and, and, and I do that, but um, it's, it's not why I'm here. It's, it's not my, my main goal. It, you know uh, my main goal is just to be able to survive trading you know and uh without watching other people or watching someone pump a stock live streaming or you know with yep. my own strategy on my own will be successful and throughout that process in chat rooms and and things like this you know I, i've run into a, a lot of great people and we've all helped each other you know we've shared scripts with each other we've sh we've shared strategies We've we've shared, you know, bad times <laughs> together or or talked about bad times together. And and all that is very helpful. And we all know that, you know, getting experience in this industry typically costs money. Right. And I don't mean yeah. like buying software and stuff like that. You lose money. You lose money in the market. And that's how you learn what not to do sometimes. Um, so by talking to people and, and, and networking and and socializing with other people, whether it be, you know, in person or on social media or in chat rooms is a big part of it. So so I'm totally glad to hear that, that I was able to be uh, some type of influence or help in your success, man, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, uh, I had a, a full red week. Uh, it was my first red week ever, like a consistently red week. Um, and because of that, uh, I think you were having, it was, it was a rough week where nothing was really following through. Mm -hmm. And, um, you said you're going to go back and go back to the basics. You're going to keep it simple. And I was like, okay, let me go back to what I know, which is, I know patterns. I was a swing trader. I would swing trade patterns. And um, because of that, I found out two patterns that work really well, stuck to them, and um, along with volume, of course, and based on around other things. But it definitely changed, um, honestly, my life, but all my trading strategies and, and how, you know, where you stick with, say, a 90MA VWAP cross or following a trend, um, it, it became my setups. Like, I only trade certain things now, so... Yeah, it's it, and, and that's also amazing too. You know, I, I talk to to a lot of people, and I know you do too. And you know, there's so many ways to be consistent. You know, just as like there's so many ways to not be. But you know, everybody has their own thing. You know, so a lot of people they jump online and they're like, okay, what's the secret formula, right? Just show it to me, and I'll just apply it. But you know, it's it's I've noticed that it's different for almost everybody. You know, not not too many people use a lot of the exact same strategy, and you have to find you know what works for you, both when it comes to position sizing, not just that, but but also just, you know, setups and, and patterns or, or are you a technical trader? Are you fundamental? Do you use a little bit of both? But there, I've ran into so many people or heard of so many people that just everybody does their own thing. You know, there's no 
perfect way and you just have to find what works for you unfortunately in that process it does take losing some money sometimes um so just be smart when you first start off right you know it doesn't mean you have to come out the gate even trading a hundred shares i mean there was times where just to test patterns and test strategies i literally just traded one share you know um, and and that was it um just so i could confirm with myself that i could trust my technical indicators and my patterns rather than going based off of emotion or hope because we all know what happens when we do that the <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay you know since you said that let's uh let's talk about the twitter the twitter for stock markets um not stock twits that's right. just funny right that's um, good entertainment <laughs> but but twitter itself has uh almost changed the game of um trading in 2020 where everybody posts um we'll call them due diligence threads when you know it's them going to the ceo's twitter page and say this guy's saying oh i got a contract with so-and-so in the works and it's going to go to 100 when if if it's small cap stock odds are it's a honest god shitty stock right right there's a reason why um, the price is low exactly exactly there's a reason why an offering's probably filed somewhere <laughs> there's an s3 somewhere <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we have, you, like you said, you have people in the news that are talking about these people. You have, uh, while he is not around anymore for, and this is Stan the Trading Man for you. Uh, okay. Well, he's not around because he was married and flirting with women on Twitter with DMs being leaked after he was on the news. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I didn't know those details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but 70,000 followers on Twitter saying, I'm going to buy... 10,000 shares of XYZ at $2, you know, that's going to influence 70,000 people, especially if they're following you for a reason. So Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, if you have any thoughts about how Twitter has, in my mind, at least drastically changed the game for um, these small caps, and I, I don't know. I just, in my mind, it's crazy. It is. It's an amazing tool. Um, if you're a trader, you have to have a Twitter account. You, you just have to. You're, you're totally out of the loop if you don't. And it doesn't mean you trade you trade your strategies or, or you, you you time your entries and exits based on Twitter. I, I, that's not a recommendation at all. But if you're not on there, you're, you're definitely out of the loop. And, and listen, I, I know that you're a lot more involved on Twitter than I am. I'm getting old, I guess. Um, but, you know, I follow a lot of people on Twitter and I have actually you know picked up tickers in intraday off of you know people because you know how you could set up notifications every time someone tweets out and yep. with certain people that i follow i absolutely have those on because they they post a lot of tickers and and a lot of the times they're good ones and there's definitely some big trades that i would have never been a part of or even involved in um if i didn't have a twitter account with notifications i would have totally missed it so it's almost an extension of my thinkorswim platform and my my chat rooms and and everything else it's just another one of those tools that i feel that you have to have in your arsenal nowadays um I almost feel like Twitter was built for, for traders and for just regular social media. I mean, you have, you know, you could literally look up tickers, just the dollar sign and the ticker, just like, you know, on stock twits and all those others. Um, and, and you could just look at what's trending and, and the most recent posts and what people are saying. And again, you take it with a grain of salt, but it, it's a great place for, for that. But also on the other end, you have, 
some some crazy people and and you know a lot of like gurus or fake gurus on there oh. um you know there's a lot of accounts that i follow well let me not say a lot but there's a few accounts that i follow that call out a lot of these guys and and show screenshots of them using simulated trading but they're you know acting like it's their actual money or you know they have their parents in their back in the background while they're trading on their laptop or on their cell phone and and just a lot of people getting called out so there's a lot of good and bad just like anywhere else but definitely a necessary tool to have in the arsenal um definitely something that wasn't always there and just another reason why the times are changing you know and again uh, going back to like you said the the, the main topic you you don't expect the market to adjust to you. You need to adjust to, to the market you have. But that's not just the actual stock market. That's also the things that influence the stock market, whether it be Robin Hooders, um, whether it be people on Twitter, um, you know, pumpers that stream live on YouTube or on Twitch or, or Discord. You know, all that stuff is 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 real important to, to just be aware of at the very least. Doesn't mean you have to use it or be involved, but but it's important to be aware of and, and, and to know what's going on because it's, it's part of the trading world now. Yeah, no, uh, I, you nailed it with that statement. Uh, just one um, rest in peace to Robin track. Sad, sad to see this go. I don't know if you knew what it was. No, no. So it um, showed you by popularity, what stocks were the most popular on Robin hood. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah, I am familiar with Robin Track. Sorry. For whatever reason, I thought you were saying that with someone's name. <laughs> no, 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 the website. Yeah, and very, um, Yeah, and it showed you what was pretty much running on Robin, what was the most popular trade, uh, yep. being traded, and so on and so forth. And now it is a rest in peace thanks to Robin Hood closing down their API. Wow. So there goes a large amount of what I know I could short down the road, but... right. <laughs> <laughs> is what it is. Hurts um, held the top spot on that for a while. <laughs> oh my god, it was it was up there. And if you remember the U one incident, oh yeah, oh that, yeah, that was that was there for a <laughs> that was there for a little while too. Um, so the last thing I want to touch in touch on, I guess, um, before we head out here, and you you hit it. Um, so you do do one on one consultation, and you do charge for it. Um. A lot of people um, would assume that, you know, especially for you, you have a business, you're relatively profitable in the stock market from trading. Um, why do you charge for a one-on-one -on -one session or, you know, really charge for anything if you're making money doing other things? Right. Gotcha. Well, I mean, the, the quick answer is like, it's never enough money, right? But realistically, and there's, there's actually more than one reason. There's a couple reasons. Um, one is that, you know, I want to make sure that that the person that that I'm spending my time with is also serious a, about it. You know, um, trading is is not something that you just pick up overnight, um, and, and you have a lot of uh, of bad times. You know, so again, just you know, talking about adversity and being able to deal with it, it's it's very important. Um, so I'll, I'll do these sessions with people, and and sometimes it'll be one session. But then I have other people. I have somebody that literally purchased, I want to say, four or five three-hour sessions up front. So like 15, 20 hours of, 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 of sessions with me. Um, and I, I mean, first of all, I couldn't believe it because they bought it like all at once. But, um, you know, I want to make sure that the person that I'm sitting with is going to be, you know, teachable, willing to learn, 
um, and isn't just going to do the session and then just, you know, start clicking buttons the next day because I have, I feel like I have a responsibility, you know, again, you know, this is all, rec- uh, you know, not recommendations to buy stocks and stuff that I'm going over with people. It's sometimes I have from the, 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 the newest learner to just how do I place a trade on my broker? Yep. Sometimes it's as simple as that. But then there's other people that are way past that point, and it's more things like, um, you know, uh, how do I read the tape? What's a level two? You know, how how do I use this indicator? How do I set up scripts on on my thinkorswim? So I get all levels of of people wanting to learn. But number one is I, I want to make sure that they are serious about it. Um, and and when someone obviously pays their hard-earned money, most of the time it is um, to do a session, then then I know that that this person is can. And we'll have the potential of being successful because the last thing I want to do is is a session and them not take it serious and then lose money, especially if it's their hard earned money or their personal money that they made from their job, you know, or even if it was money that it was a gift. But on the other side, too, you know, um, these sessions, you know, sometimes when I charge an hour, uh, it'll go an hour and a half and I and I don't charge more for that extra 30 minutes. And that's time away from from my family. You know, I'm up early in the morning, typically around 530 in the morning, um, you know, and, and I'm already looking at the market, seeing what it's doing, reading the news, listening to the news. Um, and and I get home like at six o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so. I'm away from my family uh, a lot of the time, and most of the times when I'm doing these sessions, it's not during the trading day. Um, so it's either in the late afternoon or evening in between 6 and 10 p.m. or the weekends, and that's the time my family gets from me. You know, um, so you know, normally you could say no amount of money can, can take me away from my family. Now, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, that is true, but at the same time, if I am going to take my personal time away, um, you know, to help people out, which I love to do, I, I can't do it at no cost because, you know, then it doesn't make it worth it to take away that time away from spending it with my kids or, or my wife because, again, I, I, I own a business. And, you know, when we all grow up, we think that that's like the best thing in the world. And don't get me wrong, it's nice. But as an owner and as a boss, you're usually the person that people like the least. <laughs> you're the, usually the last person to get paid. You're the first person to show up at the office. You're the last one to leave. Um, and usually your workday doesn't end when you leave the office. You're doing stuff from home, you know, whether it be, you know, more research to make your business more successful, um, researching your competition, finding out about new products coming out into the market. Um, and in insurance, it's it's an evolving, ever-changing thing, especially ever since health reform or what we all call Obamacare. Um, so, you know, and then on top of that, I'm, 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 I'm actively in the chat rooms. I'm trying to make YouTube videos. Uh, you know, I'm trying, you know, to, to build my brand. I get trades.com. And that's just some of the stuff that I'm doing as an entrepreneur. <laughs> you know, there's there's always other side projects. I mean, the last two weekends I spent building IKEA furniture to redo my kids' room because you know they turned 13, so we wanted to kind of give them a more grown-up version. And now that at least here in Florida, everybody's doing e-learning right now, we wanted them to have a desk in their room where they could sit privately and do their thing. So, you know, my schedule's busy. You know, and my time is precious. And we've all heard the term before: time is literally money um because we all have the same 24 hours in a day and some people just go to work from nine to five and and they're done and and that's eight hours out of 24 and i've actually had this conversation with many other people whether it's traders or even my own employees 
I, you know, cause I don't want them just working for me and only making money while they're with me, you know? So I talk to them sometimes about trading or just other entrepreneurial ideas or, or business ideas, because we have 24 hours, even though the typical job is nine to five, doesn't mean that's all we have to use. And I usually only sleep five or six hours um, because the rest of the time, you know, with the exception of maybe some video game time just to take a little chill for a little bit. Um, yeah, got to get the relaxing in. Got to relax. Got to be able to enjoy life, right? Um, most of the time, I'm, I'm doing something. I'm working on something that's going to help me be more successful, help me retire sooner, um, give my family a better life. Um, I'll admit it. I love spoiling my children. You know, if, if they want something, I want to be able to get it for them. If my wife says we need something for the house or, or to make our life better, I, I want to be able to say yes. Um, I can't always, but, um, that's what I do, man. I always, I've always acted as if I, I live check to check, even though thank God I don't anymore, but I've always worked that way, man. I could have two months worth of living expenses put away and I'll be stressing like somebody that, that, that lives check to check because I just, it, it's, it's unfortunately never enough. And that's a good thing and a bad thing all at once, you know, cause I put a lot of unnecessary pressure and stress on myself. But at the same time, again, it's, it's that adversity that I went through at a younger age, you know, um, not finishing high school or going to college and having a kid at a young age, I went through a lot of stuff, man. And, and I had to go through some, some tough times, uh, and, and build everything up on my own. And, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't even born in this country. Uh, you know, I came to America from, uh, I was born in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and I came here when I was two and a half, three years old. So I've been here my whole life. Um, but I actually wasn't able to work here, um, on paper until I was 19 years old. And I had my first kid at 16 because of the type of visa that my father had when we came to, to this country, he, because he had his own business, he was able to work. Um, but none of the family members could. So it wasn't until I got my green card at 19 years old where I was actually able to go out and get a legit job. Um, so, you know, going through all that and working a lot for my father in his warehouse, which wasn't easy labor, is all part of kind of what where, where I'm at today. You know, it's all a combination of all those things. 1,000%. So so we'll shorten it here, but... um. Time's money, and um, you're always working to better yourself with your time. So if you're going to give it to somebody else, hopefully they're willing to pay for it, especially in my mind, if you have 12 years of experience doing something, experience pays in the market. You know, you either pay the market with money or you pay the market with time. Yeah. You've paid, I assume, with both, like I have, not as much as you, but, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't mind paying somebody if they have a good amount of experience in the market because they have seen things that I will probably never see. Absolutely. And I've done it. You know, I've paid for services. I've paid to watch people live stream. I've paid for their courses. I've paid to see their videos. And uh, yeah, you know, and, and the good thing is, is that a lot of the people that come to me, they, they, they haven't necessarily seen me trade, but they see me posting in the chat rooms a lot. And, and they see that, I, I'm right more times than wrong and or that I'm just giving out good information and and they're very willing. You know, I, it's not like something I have to convince them to do. I, I wouldn't force anybody to do it. You know, they're, they're coming to me because they're putting a certain level of trust into me saying, hey, I've seen this guy do this or call this stock and, and, and it made this exact move just like he said it would or talk about these indicators or, or he's just real helpful. 
uh, because, on, you know, uh, as you've said before, you know, I, I don't even charge for my Discord, you know, and when I first started doing uh, consultations, I, I legit just wanted to help people. I was doing three-hour consultations for, for 99 bucks. Point me out anywhere on the internet where you'll find out with some with someone that has some you know decent experience, and and I would be surprised. So I you know, but it got to the point where I kind of had to step that up because I was getting booked a lot of three hour yeah. you know consultations, and and that just wasn't cutting it because I was spending you know literally a Saturday three sessions in one Saturday is nine hours. And That's a work day it's a work day and my family wouldn't see me and I started getting that look from the missus that you never want to get. Um, so, so we had to step it up. Um, but luckily the consultations are still coming. Um, and, and, and I, even at the end of these things, man, I always, I always tell people, I'm like, listen, let me know how you feel about how it went. I want to make sure you feel like you got your money's worth out of everything. And, and most of the time, actually every time they, people have been very happy and I, and I follow up too, you know, after someone does a consultation with me, I'm not just like, okay, they paid me. We're done. I typically hit them up the very next week. Hey, how's your trading going? Any questions? You know, um, I don't charge anybody to direct message me through, through the discord or, or hit me a message online through my email. Um, because again, you know, I'm a strong believer in what goes around comes around. And if you want to be successful, if you want to have a good life, I believe you have to help other people have one too. Um, and then it will come to you. So I've learned through reading, meeting people and, and talking to people that some of the most successful people were helping other people before they became successful. And it was that that led to their success. No, I mean, one, I'm happy you don't charge for messaging you in Discord because <laughs> God knows I'm back when, uh, I'm not that good. <laughs> when, 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 when we first started going on about the market, I'd be like, man, these volume alerts or how do you do this? Or, oh, you really do use the nine VWAP cross. And, you know, I, while well, I was learning more and more about different styles of trading, um, yeah, I, you were you were good help and and I think that um those people who do go with those one on one courses are definitely getting uh, a value worth out of it. Yeah, uh, I, even I like I said, are. with just experience, it's been good. I mean, I even had someone message me last night at like 10 p.m. Hey, can you build me a scanner real quick that finds stocks where the 9 EMA is crossing over VWAP? You know, and luckily in this case, I had already built one. But yeah, I sent it right to him. No cost. And yeah. this is somebody that hadn't messaged me in about two three weeks. But real nice guy. We we chat from here to there, and and like I said earlier in this podcast, you know, it's there's plenty to go around for everybody. You know, it's not like if I start making a million dollars, you won't be able to because I took your million. You know, so it, it definitely doesn't hurt to help people when you can. One thousand percent. So uh, happy that's out of the way. I know I plan to ask that really to anybody who has a um, uh, if they charge for a service um. I, I truly do get it, but it is one of those things out there where um, anybody new or skeptical to a trader, um, because there are, you said it, the, would you say, furus? Yeah. I don't know if I made that word up or it's something that's been coined, but. <laughs> the there are the fake gurus out there. Yeah. And, um, there, there's a lot of people that charge and, and not even trading real money or even maybe even trading at all. Yeah, and uh, my goal is to at least people on here are people that I know or have had some conversation with. So um, with you doing this, I've had conversations with you. I see your profit loss. You do show loss in your Discord, which is something that is good to see. 
that you're not just showing, hey, made a thousand dollars, made a thousand dollars, made a thousand dollars. You'll show, oh, it's like a hundred, two hundred dollar loss here and there, and I'm gonna call it, reevaluate later. So, absolutely, yeah, because you know, if I could help other people learn from my mistakes, you know, or, or you know, at the same time, that, that's the thing. I always question people too that that don't show their losses because you think that they always win. And and then it makes you question what you're doing wrong, but it's it's not that you know. Just some people only show their wins. <laughs> Sadly, I don't think the market is a is a guarantee winner, no matter what. So not at all. You could have all the technicals down, and all you can do be more consistent. But I yep. don't know anybody that that wins a hundred percent of the time. Same. Sadly, if I did, I'd uh, I'd pay whatever they want for it. Yeah. <laughs> no question. Um. So I want to say thank you for coming on. It's igettrades.com. I get trades on YouTube. It's the two places that uh, I would know you from. Your Discord is growing. I see it growing consistently, which is great. Trying to um, get it there for sure. And then uh, same will, thing on social media too. We're on Instagram and Twitter uh, at I get trades. I believe on on Twitter it's I get trades twenty four seven. But just search for that and you'll find us. And, and we're happy to be here, man. We really appreciate the invite. Of course, of course. We'll get you back on here down the road, of course. Um, I think I'd like to get you back on to go a little bit more into the mind of um, of starting the business up and um, doing all that. I think that's um, something, like I said, this is about financial freedom. So it's something I'd love to talk about more when I get more well-versed into businesses where I'm well-versed into trading right now. I don't think I could ask you the questions to get enough information for people listening to get a good understanding of what's going on. So. I would love that, man. That That's great too. I mean, and, and it helps me revisit, you know, where I came from, which is great for sure. It's always good to remember uh, where you came from. Oh, of course. Of course. Like I said, I want to say thank you for coming on. We'll get this out sometime uh, end of this month in August for you and uh, get you back on here. And uh, I'll, of course, I'll be seeing you in the chat rooms whenever I can get in. Absolutely. Of course, I'll be posting more and more for you. I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up with those all-day faders that I'm going to hopefully catch the whole time. Yeah, I need to start working on my shorting strategy. I need your help. I, I mean, you started <laughs> it up. You know, long bias trader, start shorting. Uh, just just don't become me and become a short bias trader because <laughs> they slowly become more consistent. <laughs> I got you, man. I definitely right, appreciate I thank- it. Time. Yeah, yeah. I want to thank you for coming on and... Uh, Everyone out there, stay safe, and I'll be back next week.